Farzine Vasugin here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. As we enter Championship Sunday, getting ready for the Chiefs and the Ravens. I'll also chime in a little bit and talk about the Chiefs playing against, or I'm sorry, uh, what am I saying? The uh, Lions playing against the 49ers. Going to be talking about that as well. Talking about some Chiefs news, uh, looking at the injury report, which is a pretty big one for Kansas City, and a whole lot more here on this episode. Of course, we will break down the Baltimore Ravens, and I'll give you my prediction for that as well. Facebook.com slash Farzine That is the Facebook page, at Farzine21 on Twitter. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on right now, so I appreciate all of you guys who are taking the time to download and listen to the podcast, whether it's live um, or or, uh, if you're listening to the archive version. Again, you can uh, subscribe anywhere, Apple, Spotify, wherever you download your podcast. I want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. If you want to travel to Baltimore and watch the Chiefs take on the Baltimore Ravens, you can get your tickets over at SeatGeek.com. And if you're a new SeatGeek customer, I got a little bonus for you. You can use my promo code Farzine and you will save $20 off your first ever purchase from SeatGeek. Or maybe you want to wait a couple of weeks later and use uh, use that promo code for uh, the Super Bowl in Vegas because we all know how much uh, those tickets cost. So, hey, you can save 20 bucks by using the promo code Farzine. Go to SeatGeek.com, whatever event you want to attend. If SeatGeek has it, go there, get your tickets from there and use my promo code for new customers only. Promo code Farzine to save $20 off your first purchase. Alrighty, let's get going here. Appreciate you guys watching live. I see you guys chiming in uh, i'm sure more and more people will join in here in just a moment uh let's just take a moment to breathe and relax here because man look where we are the chiefs are in the afc championship game this is um this needs to be discussed right now this is um this is pretty wild because nobody thought that um that we'd be here right now but look at, as Paul Rudd says, look at us. Who would have thought, right? Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game for the sixth year in a row. Every season, Patrick Mahomes has been their starting quarterback. They have made it to the AFC Championship game. And you could make an argument right now that the Chiefs probably should not be here. I mean, five weeks ago, a lot of people thought the Chiefs were dead in the water and that there was no way they would be able to make a deep playoff run. In fact, around that time, you heard some analysts on ESPN and Fox Sports say that, well, maybe the Chiefs should have kept Tyreek Hill. And now look, the Chiefs are here. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Bills on the road, mind you. And they're back in the AFC Championship game once again. They're one of the final four teams. I know we use the term final four for college basketball. And obviously you don't ever hear that for like major league baseball or the NFL or anywhere else. But I'll throw that term out here right now. The chiefs are in the NFL final four right now. 
The Chiefs are one of four teams remaining. 28 other teams are focused on free agency in the draft and working on uh, head coaching staff, uh, hirings. Uh, some teams are, and we got a couple of uh, hirings. One breaking news, by the way, that uh, came out an hour ago we got to get into. But the draft, like all those 28 other teams, are focusing on that. A lot of people thought the Chiefs would be one of those 28 teams at this point right now. And I'm still seeing it. You know, a lot of people doubting the Chiefs, saying that, there's no way the Chiefs would have ever won a playoff game. That's what they said. A lot of people said that. And then, no, there's no way they'll ever beat Buffalo. That's what they said. And now we're here getting ready for the AFC Championship game and the Kansas City Chiefs once again in the AFC Championship game. Sixth year in a row. And by the way, I do want to go back and talk about you know Patrick Mahomes and how people thought oh well, well his his opportunity to win again is going to be closing this entire team's window is closing because I, I heard all these things about Travis Kelsey and people were saying that uh, he's not he's not in it to win it anymore this guy's heart is not in it his mind is not in it he's more focused on his relationship with Taylor Swift he's more focused on these commercials he's more focused on these magazine covers uh, wanting to attend the World Series. I mean, all these other things that I just heard so many people talk about throughout the season, almost as if they forgot. Travis Kelsey was still one of the top tight ends in the NFL this year in, in uh, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdown grabs. So a lot of people seem to forget about that with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, his numbers were down. He missed the first game of the season. He dealt with a knee injury, which forced him to miss the first game. And he also had an ankle injury, also had an elbow injury uh, sustained at some point this year. I mean, this guy's kind of gone through it all. And obviously, you know, father time is, is you know, maybe catching up to him, but still playing well. And by the way, I'll say this right now. No, I know a lot of people wanted him to get the 16 yards in L.A. against the Chargers. But I'm telling you, man, that week off right now, I think is paying dividends for Kelsey and this entire team right now. And I'll say this. I went back and rewatched that um, that uh, Bills game. And the way Mahomes was slinging the football. I mean, it looked like the Patrick Mahomes of old. I mean, we're speaking of the Chiefs and Ravens playing this weekend. I actually went back on NFL Plus and I just picked a random game from 2018. And I just happened to pick the Chiefs Ravens game, the game where uh, Patrick Mahomes had the no look pass. And this was about five, six weeks ago when people were really down on the Chiefs offense and thought this was going to be a one and done team. And on the, uh, I'm watching that game against the Ravens, which, by the way, that was the no look pass. And that was where he came through with two fourth down conversions if you remember that one a big one to Tyree killing that and I'm watching that and I'm thinking man this offense just looks fun to watch you kind of forgot what this offense this type of offense looked like so I'm watching this game and I'm just wondering like you know part of what's missing like the reason why the Chiefs don't look like that Chiefs team from 2018 is because of the drops I mean Mahomes is getting the ball to a lot of these guys has he missed some opportunities to throw open guys. Yeah. Could it be based off lack of confidence? Sure. Might be. It might be, but I'm watching the, I'm rewatching that bills game and I'm thinking to myself, man, Patrick Mahomes is throwing with the utmost confidence in this game. And the way that, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling, we talked about him on Sunday and I brought him up Monday night on social media I said, let's give this guy his flowers, because if we're going to crucify someone for a big mishap, 
we better bring the same energy when they come through and step up. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling damn well stepped up on Sunday night against the Bills. He had two catches for 62 yards. And I got a couple of comments on social media. Oh, it was only two catches. He had 66 yards. <laughs> come on, people. Like all the complaining we, me included, have done about MVS. Can we not give the guy a little bit of credit here? He had more receiving yards than Buffalo's best pass catcher. And I don't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Dalton Kincaid. I, I, don't, I don't have it in front of me. But, man, it, it, it's like, you know, I think we um, we tend to forget that sometimes. So it's good to see that this Chiefs team came together on Sunday. They had their best offensive performance of the year that night. Mahomes throwing almost like he was last year, the year before that, and the year before that one, and so on. Um, last year, I thought was a good year for the Chiefs offense, obviously, because Mahomes almost unanimously won MVP, but um, you didn't have Tyreek Hill. You didn't have a star-studded wide receiver, and you, you really don't have one this year. Yes, Rushy Rice is really picking it up lately and is playing like a number one wide receiver. He had a dominant game uh, last week, or two weeks ago, rather, in the uh, wildcard game against the Miami Dolphins, which was huge for the Chiefs offense. And I think that played a huge role in Travis Kelsey having the game he had against the Bills because the Bills, they looked at that game Rushy Rice had because Rice had not really been getting a lot of attention. He burned uh, Cam Taylor Britt a few weeks ago. And at the end of the day, I think now the Buffalo Bills are like, okay, Travis Kelsey's not the only guy we got to worry about. This this Rice kid, he's stepping up. He's having a really good game, uh, having several good games for the Chiefs. Uh, and he became uh, a priority for that Bills defense. So that you know, you can't you can't uh, double team Travis Kelsey anymore. You double team Kelsey, you double team Rice. Well, you know, Justin Watson's going to get open. MVS ha was open for a couple of catches. MVS was open again in the end zone uh, on the corner route. Mahomes missed on two corner routes right there. Um, the Kelsey one I can excuse because if he lowered that one, there's a very strong possibility that one gets picked off. Um, the MVS one that should have been made by Mahomes, but they figured it out as the game went on. Uh, yeah, William says go Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco, uh, who has really stepped up since he came back from his shoulder uh, surgery that he had uh, in December. Man, he is playing some of his best football uh, that he's had uh, in his two years in the NFL, both with the Chiefs, of course. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and Blake also mentions Clyde Edwards Alaire. I wish they would use him more in that Buffalo game, man, because you don't want to ever run Isaiah Pacheco to the ground. The Chiefs kind of did that several years ago with Larry Johnson. Um, there, were, there were other factors that led to Johnson's demise, but, you know, Edwards Alaire has been playing very good football lately. The guy's kind of come through. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities still, but when he does, man, when his number's called, he does damage to a, to a defense. And that's why the um, the whole thing with uh, handing the ball to McCole Hardman, it's like, what are you doing? You're inside the five and you're giving it to a, a wide receiver who hasn't played much. Yeah, he's got the speed, I'm sure. But, you know, he had two touches for two fumbles. And, and listen, let me just say this. Um, I, I listened to Travis Kelsey's podcast 
And look, this is the kind of leader Kelsey is. Mahomes does the same thing whenever a receiver drops a pass. He takes the blame for it instead of the receivers, which is what leaders do, especially, you know, future Hall of Famers. Uh, Kelsey said that, and you can hear on, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, watch the video version. I always listen to the audio version because that comes out sooner. But Kelsey was like really down on himself about the fumble and took full blame for it. He's like, man, I owe McCole Hardman a brand new car. Why? And even Jason Kelsey was like, why? What are you so down about it? He's like, I missed the block. That's the defender that went and popped the ball loose. And Kelsey believes had he not allowed that to happen, maybe McColl scores or at the very least holds on to the football and the Chiefs get another chance at it for um, for a second and one or a second and goal from the one, I should say. So, you know, um, I get what where he's coming from. It's kind of like the Tyree Kill play where um, whenever Trent McDuffie forced a fumble uh, out of Tyree Kill's hand uh, when he had the ball and they tossed it back to, who was it, uh, Brian Cook? Mike Edwards uh, passed it to Brian Cook and he went all the way for a touchdown there, the Germany game. And Tyree Kill on his podcast, he's like kind of blaming the, the receiver in front of him that was supposed to block, but then kind of wasn't, but he was and wasn't, was and wasn't. And then his co-host was like, yeah, it was... It was on him almost. Um, he, he said it without saying it is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but it's like, man, receivers, tight ends, and running backs, they go through countless drills each week um, dedicated to ball security, you know, essentially uh, not a lot, not fumbling. So you can't ever blame. Should, should the blockers have done their jobs? Yes. It kind of reminds me of when... Um, Speaking of Chiefs Ravens, the last time these two teams played was in week two of the 2021 season. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire was uh, running with the football, trying to help the Chiefs set up for, I think it was a game winning field goal. It was, a, I don't think it was a, a chance to tie it. I think it was a chance to win it. Um, let me just quickly check the schedule from that game. But uh, Orlando Brown missed a block. And I know, listen, we, we all love to criticize Orlando Brown, but even though he should have made that block. Yeah, because the score was 36-35. Wow, I forgot about that one. I knew it was a very close game, but I, I forgot that it was um that high scoring. Who the hell scored in that game? That's what I want to know. Uh, but anyway, Edwards Elaire fumbled at the very end, which the Chiefs were in uh, prime position to go and kick the field goal to win the game, but... He fumbled, and um, that that cost the Chiefs the, the game at the end of the day. Daryl Williams in that game, the 35-36 game, or 36-35, I should say. Daryl Williams had three carries for ne- negative two yards and a touchdown. That's interesting. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Byron, Pr- Byron Pringle, remember him? Uh, Demarcus Robinson, they all caught touchdown passes in this one. Lamar Jackson threw two picks but ran for two touchdowns, also threw a touchdown pass to Marquise Brown. Latavius Murray, who the Chiefs just saw against Buffalo, he ran for a touch. Okay, interesting. Um, I completely did just forgot about this game. I I, I do remember this. You know, the the thing I remember about this game was the fumble and Dan Sorensen just whiffing on uh, Lamar Jackson in this one. So yeah, yeah, very interesting to say the least. Uh, Brian says Ceh plays better in limited roles, a legit number two back. Okay, this is a good point here because I do feel like there are some players in the NFL that are better in that role because the less they play, 
the more opportunities they have to serve the team better, but also the better opportunity to not get hurt. And I feel like that would have been a much better role for Sammy Watkins during his time in Kansas. Sammy Watkins is a very talented wide receiver. The problem, unfortunately, is he's injury prone. So um, that's one thing to uh, to keep in mind with um, w- with that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, you, you make a good point. Um, you make a good point, Brian. Uh, there are players that are better suited for that role. I just, you know, in the playoffs, I think, you know, you can let Clyde Edwards-Alaire get a couple more carries. I'm not saying make it even between him and Pacheco, make it 15 and 15. Um, just, you know, let Pacheco breathe a little bit because the Chiefs are kind of running it a little too much with him. And I just don't want him to follow a similar path to like a Larry Johnson, per se, on the field where you run the ball so much. To the point where um, where you get uh, exhausted and that hurts you in the long run. Uh, that's just my only complaint here. Hey, real quickly, while you guys are um, while you guys are here, um, please subscribe. I'm gonna comment with um, with the YouTube link for the podcast. If you guys would please subscribe to my YouTube channel, there it should be available. Um, it is now in the uh, comment section. Uh, I don't, hopefully it's clickable in the comment section, but if not, it's youtube.com slash at the chief zone, um, starting tomorrow. And I, I know I've been saying this for a long time, but we are going to start doing this now. Uh, starting now, we are going to be posting a lot of video content on uh, a lot of the chief zone content. So the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the YouTube page, and the TikTok page, as well as the Twitter account. So if you guys can please make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, and if you can also look for the Chief Zone on TikTok, that would be greatly appreciated because we are going to start dishing out a lot of video content on those um, two platforms, and uh, the only way you know they'll be worth putting up is if people are watching them. So uh, please, um, the Chief Zone uh, on YouTube and TikTok. Would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, a couple of you guys saying you guys have subscribed already. So thank you guys. Uh, That is uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, Definitely uh, appreciated from you guys. Uh, But overall, I think with this Chiefs football team, they are playing much better on the offensive side of the football. The defense, they're playing great. They held the Dolphins to seven points uh, against the Buffalo Bills. There were were some ups and downs, but how many points – did Kansas City's defense allow in the fourth quarter on the road uh, with, you know, uh, a spot uh, in the final four on the line? They allowed zero points. That is huge for the Chiefs defense. Um, Chiefs defense continues to do what it's done all year long, and it's fun to see. It's really great to see. There is one thing I do want to get into here because, and we'll get into this more in our breakdown against the Ravens, but Patrick, so let's look at the top four NFL teams in sacks. Um, spoiler alert, the Chiefs have faced all of them except for themselves in the postseason. Um, Baltimore is number one in sacks, so the Chiefs will face this Sunday. Kansas City's second in sacks, obviously you can't face yourself. Miami's number three, and I know they had a banged up defense, but still had some key players out there. And Buffalo is fourth in um in uh, sacks this year. So all the teams uh, excluding themselves, uh, the, the chiefs face in the top four in sacks this year, they will have faced in the AFC uh, playoff run here. Yet. How many times has Patrick Mahomes been sacked 
this postseason. And yes, there are injury updates, Robert. I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, and yes, Daniel, I will get into Warren Sharp thing because that is hilarious um, <laughs> regarding who the referees for this game. Uh, by the way, no more Carl Cheffers for this uh, for the playoffs for the NFL season. Uh, air horns for that. No more Carl Cheffers. It's funny because Chiefs haters think that Carl Cheffers loves the Chiefs, and Chiefs fans think that he um, he hates the Chiefs. It's also uh, it's always funny how these uh, perceptions work. Uh, people think that, uh, people in Kansas City think Tony Romo hates Mahomes and the Chiefs. Meanwhile, everyone else outside of Kansas City they think Mahomes loves. Uh, Romo loves the Chiefs. I, I always find that interesting. It's almost like Joe Buck. Everyone thinks Joe Buck hates their team. His Twitter bio used to say, I root against your team. Just to like make fun of that criticism. But anyway, I digress here. Um, where uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, the sacks. So the Chiefs have faced uh, the Dolphins and the Bills, who are respectively third and fourth in the NFL in sacks. And Mahomes has not been sacked once this postseason. Now, on the flip side of it, the Chiefs, who are second in the NFL in sacks and do have a much healthier defense than Miami and Buffalo, they've only had two sacks so far in the postseason, and both of them were on Tua. The Chiefs did not get a sack uh, on Josh Allen. No one got sacked in the uh, Chiefs-Bills game on Sunday, which was a huge surprise to me. I would have guaranteed both quarterbacks would have been sacked at least once. Didn't happen. Uh, but um, I can say that both quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, are getting sacked this weekend. Now, for the Chiefs, they got to step it up and be better about this because as much as they did pressure Josh Allen, and I know Chris Jones did have a hand in uh, forcing Allen to overthrow Shakir in the end zone, um, the Chiefs have got to be better about getting the sacks because those are going to be huge difference makers. The Chiefs are not forcing a lot of turnovers. If you haven't noticed already, um, one of the uh, worst in the NFL in forced turnovers this season. So you got to go out there and at least get the sack, something you've been great at this year. And I mentioned this before, the Chiefs love to use their defensive backs to go in there and get after quarterbacks. And they did that in this Buffalo game more than they did in the Miami game. Uh, just couldn't get to Josh Allen in this one. Uh, but definitely made him uncomfortable at times, especially in the second half, which was great to see. That was much needed from Kansas City's defense. And had it not been for Kansas City's defense forcing that pressure, Buffalo probably scores at least 30 points and they beat Kansas City uh, at home and they advance and they would be the ones playing Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. So hats off to the defense. But against Lamar Jackson, you've got to be better about it. And, and we'll get into this in the game breakdown but the Houston Texans in that second quarter. So the, the Texans and the Ravens, they tied at 10 um, going into the half. And Houston's only Houston only ended up with 10 points for the rest of the game. They didn't end up scoring in the second half. Their only touchdown was a special teams, a punt return touchdown from Steven Sims, a former Kansas Jayhawks grad. And you look at what the Texans did uh, defensively in the second quarter. They got after Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was getting wrecked in the second quarter by the Texans defense. And they were doing the Texans defense. They were doing a lot of things that the Chiefs have been doing all year long, which is using their secondary to go after the quarterback, making him uncomfortable. And listen, Josh Allen, he he definitely found uh, so, some some lanes against Kansas City, which disappointed me. I was not ready for that. I know Willie Gay missed um, uh, the rest of the game, 
but you still have other linebackers that can come through and, and, and keep him in check. And they didn't do that often. So I don't know if the linebackers maybe got caught up in coverage or what they were thinking in that situation, but they did allow Josh Allen to run for a lot of yards. The 18 yard run from Allen was the longest of the game uh, for the Buffalo bills. That was the longest though, 18 yards. Uh, meanwhile, the chiefs had, what was it? Six or eight plays of 20 yards or more. Um, so obviously a very different dynamic there where the chiefs, uh, uh, excuse me, the bills offense was definitely held in check and the chiefs offense played much better than that. It, it almost seemed like the two teams flipped the bills looked like the chiefs and the chiefs looked like the bills. If that makes sense, the way that bills had been playing the hot football they had had, especially with the, the way they moved the football, it looked like the chiefs just kind of absorbed that from the Bills. And the way the Bills looked in this game, especially in the second half, they looked a lot like the Chiefs this season, where they could not get anything going in the second half, which is good to see. So when I look at this Chiefs team, um, I just want the defense to get the sacks because they don't get a lot of turnovers. And I'm just at a point now where I kind of accept that role. But... Get the sacks. You can't get the turnovers. Fine. Get the sacks because they've only had two this postseason. And I think they should have more than that. They're definitely better about that. If they can do that and keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket and whenever he gets out of the pocket, make sure there's a safety net right there to not allow him to run for a lot of yards. I love Kansas City's chances in this football game. If you take away the running game from Baltimore, they are in deep trouble. Baltimore's bread and butter is the running game. And whenever, like against the Houston Texans, and you saw this with uh, Isaiah Likens, the tight end who had, who's been filling in for Mark Andrews, who's expected to play in this game. Lamar Jackson makes it look like he's going to run uh, for a first down. Instead, he throws it right at the line of scrimmage to Likens in the end zone. Kind of just like uh, floats it to him uh, in a way. And... If you're Kansas City's defense, you got to look at that game film against Josh Allen because Josh Allen did some things to fool Kansas City. Yeah, I know there was that one uh, pass that looked like it was an illegal forward pass. I did not think it was at first glance. I didn't really think much of it when I went back and rewatched the game, honestly. But when you look at the Chiefs right now, um, the, the defense needs to be better prepared. Josh Allen had a lot of passes at or behind the line of scrimmage, something that a lot of people like to criticize Mahomes for. Uh, again, oddly enough, you saw the flip of the script in this game uh, from the two teams, but uh, flip of the script. Yeah. See, you see what I did there, but uh, ultimately with, um, with the chiefs, I just want them to be better prepared because it, they did not look better prepared. They did not look very prepared against Josh Allen. Whenever Allen saw a convoy and a, and a blockade to, to not, I mean, the defense right there ready, he just pitched it to uh, to Dalvin Cook and, or I'm sorry, um, uh, James Cook rather, and th they did some damage there. I think the Chiefs got so caught up in defending the receivers, which they did a great job of, but they didn't want... They, what they gave up ultimately was a lot of open receivers at or behind the line of scrimmage. And the bills would use that to try to get their first downs in this game. And they succeeded at that. What they didn't succeed at was trying to get those big plays. They didn't have, a, they didn't have a single play 
uh, 20 yards or more, which was uh, definitely good to see from the Chiefs defense. So uh, Lamar Jackson, I think he's much better than uh, Josh Allen when it comes to running with the football. That goes without saying. He has more rushing yards than any quarterback in the NFL. So the Chiefs for sure have to be much better about this one because, and I'll say this right now, with the um, with the Ravens offense, their offensive line, not the best when it comes to pass blocking. The stats are not very reflective of that, and I'll get into that later in the podcast. But man, this is by far the best run blocking offensive line you will meet all year. Chris Jones, George Karloftis, Derek Naughty, if he plays, um, Mike Pinnell, Treshawn Wharton, Mike Dan out, uh, Charles Aminahu, those guys will have their toughest test of the year against this Baltimore offensive line. That, to me, is the biggest test of the game. Baltimore's offensive line versus Kansas City's defensive line. And if Kansas City's defensive front can win that battle and stop the run, this is going to be a long night or afternoon rather for Baltimore's offense. Yes, they do have some good players. Zay Flowers has been playing very well. Him and Rasheed Rice, both rookies, both playing very well this year. Odell Beckham Jr., not the OBJ we know and love, but uh, the OBJ, we have seen flashes of the old OBJ at times. Mark Andrews is expected to come back, and that can only help Lamar Jackson. But if you can stop the run and force a lot of third and long situations, it's going to be a very long day for Baltimore. And I'll say this right now because Baltimore's defense is fantastic. They have all pros and pro bowlers all across. And there are even some guys that I thought were pro bowl and all pro snubs from this Baltimore defense that I think Chiefs fans need to be aware of. And I'll get into that later on when we do our game breakdown. But um, when you look at what this Baltimore defense has to offer, um, they're great against the pass, but they are 14th against the run. Buffalo was 15th against the run, and the Chiefs' defense, I know Baltimore had some guys banged up. Uh, Buffalo, excuse me, had some guys banged up. Baltimore, far far more healthier than the Buffalo Bills, and I think that will definitely be a difference maker, but ultimately, Baltimore is an average run defense at the end of the day. So, I, and I'm sure the Chiefs will still throw the football like they usually do, but uh, they did, if I recall correctly, the Chiefs did Throw uh run the ball more than they did uh, throwing it against the Buffalo Bills by only one, but still uh, was very key because that running game lifted Kansas City in this one. You look at Isaiah Pacheco, and I'm going to pull up his numbers right now. 15 runs for 97 yards. Clyde Edwards, Elair, excuse me, ran twice for 31 yards. Mahomes got 19 yards scrambling. Uh, and then Michael Hardman had one uh, that for uh, losing yard there. That was not the fumble. That was um, that was a different play. But twenty four runs for one hundred and forty six yards altogether, pretty damn good. Um, Buffalo also ran the ball pretty well, but because Buffalo was forced into a lot of third and long situations, they could they had to abandon that. Otherwise, they probably would have ran forty, maybe even close to fifty times because they ran the ball thirty nine times. And Josh Allen threw it 39 times, um, which, by the way, let me go back to this Bills game one more time, because you saw them try to copy the Bengals when the Bengals came to Kansas City 
and they dominated time of possession, especially early on. You look at time of possession to finish off the game, Buffalo had the ball for 37 minutes. The Chiefs had it for almost 23 minutes. Look at Buffalo's total plays. They ran far more plays than the Chiefs did. They ran 78 plays. The Chiefs only 47, yet they the Bills only had seven more yards than the Chiefs. And again, that just goes to how great this Chiefs defense is. If they can force some stops, that'd be huge. Seven of 13, or seven of 14 third downs allowed, definitely not acceptable. Two of three fourth downs, not acceptable. The Chiefs, they were only one of five on third down. But look at the, the number, only five third down attempts. They didn't have a lot of third down situations because they were great on first and second downs in this football game uh, against the Bills. They both passed for the same amount of first downs, which was 12. The Chiefs ran uh, seven, uh, four, seven first downs, the Bills 14 times. Uh, but in general, um, for the Chiefs to have uh, almost half of Buffalo, uh, Buffalo's uh, total plays and be only seven yards down, seven total yards of offense down, I think that was um, th- that, that said a lot about this Chiefs offense and how well they played. Buffalo needed 78 plays to get 368 yards, uh, almost 370 yards. That's not great, especially for a team that had the hot hand coming into um, this game. So that definitely has to um, has to be something that the Chiefs have to be uh, proud of on both sides of the football. Bob says uh, the Chiefs need to hit Lamar several times. He will panic and he will run a lot. So we have to contain him. Yeah, that's a huge thing. And I mentioned that earlier, too, with, you know, needing to have pressure in the middle. And and by the way, let me just bring this up now, Um, because with Lamar Jackson, he has the 17th most pass attempts this year, but the ninth most uh, he's been sacked the ninth most times. And and this kind of goes back to what I want to say about the um, the offensive line for the Ravens. I said they're a great run blocking offensive line. They really, really are. But when you look at the um, the pass blocking, they allowed eight pressures last week. That's not great for a team that doesn't throw the ball much. Um, Lamar Jackson, how, how many times? He only threw the ball 22 times last week. Um, now, he held it uh, three more times because uh, if you get sacked, obviously that doesn't count, count as a pass attempt. So 25 passing plays called, and he was pressured on eight of them. John Simpson, the left guard, he allowed three of them. Right guard Kevin Zeitler allowed two pressures. Uh, left tackle Ronnie Staley, or Staldi, sorry, I hope I said that right. He's allowed 39 pressures on the season. And he's going to be going up against likely Mike Dana or Charles Aminahu. But there's a chance that George Karloftis might go in that spot. You know, they'd love to move Chris Jones around. Karloftis, they flipped him uh, to the other side of the defensive end spot. And he went up against Orlando Brown late in that Bengals game, which was a huge reason why the Chiefs got like, what, five or six sacks in the uh, last few minutes, last five minutes against the Bengals on Jake Browning. So... Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson far different in the fact that he runs a lot, but the Chiefs, you know, they've had their issues uh, allowing some runs like against uh, uh, Josh Allen and also even Jake Browning uh, while we're on the, that subject there. So I'd like to see the Chiefs be much better about letting quarterbacks uh, scramble and make a big play because 
when they allow that to happen, that definitely does some damage. And look, I, I said this before the game on Sunday, too. I don't know what it is with the Chiefs defense. They tend to allow a lot of they, they allow offenses to get off to good starts and they, they're kind of in a funk and they need to find a way to snap out of it. Um, they they just cannot seem to get off to good starts. If they can do that, though, this time, man, uh, I'll tell you what, this is a Chiefs team that is going to have a very good day against the Baltimore Ravens. Let me read you a stat here that was brought up by Nick Wright on first things first. Um, in the second half, the number of points the Chiefs have allowed. Week 14 against the Bills, six points. Week 15 against the Patriots, seven points. Week 16 against the Raiders, three. Week 17 against the Bengals, zero. Week 18 against the Chargers, six. Ooh, the wild card round against the Dolphins, zero. Uh, the last week against the uh, Bills, seven. The Chiefs have not allowed more than seven points in the second half of any of their games since week 14. And that week 14 game was the Bills game. We all know about that one, how that one ended. But hey, I mean, the Chiefs got the uh, last laugh at the end of the day. So my point is this. I think the Chiefs defense will, you know, go through their typical growing pains because that's just the way they always start games. Not ideal, but that's just the way it goes. And they'll find a way to capitalize, force some ill-advised passes, force short-lived drives, force punts, and that's when the Chiefs take over in the second half of the of these games. And if you're the Chiefs, man, you got to be ready to take advantage of Baltimore and their defense kind of wearing out. Because as great as Baltimore's defense is, especially with guys like Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, as the game goes on, they'll get exhausted. Um, late late game situations, offenses more more times than not tend to uh, be better than defenses because everyone's tired. And I'll tell you what, man, you want to utilize this uh, this running game. This is going to be the time to do it in the second half. Don't be surprised if the Chiefs run uh, throw the ball a lot in the first half but then run more in the second half. Would not shock me one bit if that's the type of football game we get. I'll get into the uh, full Ravens breakdown uh, later on, but let's go ahead and talk about some uh, breaking news across the NFL. Uh, it's been announced uh, earlier tonight that Jim Harbaugh is on his way to the LA Chargers, which I got to say is a good spot there. I thought... Um, I thought um, Mike Vrabel was going to be a good uh, good, good coach to go there. Uh, Belichick, uh, rumored to go there for a long time. Uh, but it's going to be, it is going to be uh, Jim Harbaugh, which I got to say was kind of a surprise. It didn't feel like anybody, unless I just completely missed it and was under a rock, no one was talking about Jim Harbaugh on his way to the Chargers. Uh, there were rumblings about Jim Harbaugh coming back to the NFL but not to the Chargers. So um, very interesting indeed. Listen, I think there are some key pieces there in LA to work with. The salary cap, yeah, they definitely got to work on that. But I think um, that is a place Jim Harbaugh can go and and win right away at. So we'll see uh, We'll see what Harbaugh does there in LA. Uh, another head coaching hire, the Raiders have made it official. They have took the interim tag uh, off of Antonio Pierce's name, and they've named him the head coach.
Okay. Uh, look, I know Raiders fans are very excited, as they should be, for this hiring because you know. I mean, listen, I don't, I, I don't think the Raiders were great with Antonio Pierce. Um, those seven seconds against the Chiefs, you know, um, Mahomes really did hand them the game. So congratulations, that is their Super Bowl. December twenty fifth was their Super Bowl. Uh, that's a nice Christmas gift there. By the way, the team you had your uh, Super Bowl against, they're in the AFC Championship game. So uh, enjoy watching that because I got a lot of Raiders fans telling me the Bills were going to embarrass the Chiefs. I'm not hearing from those Raiders fans anymore. They, they're they out and hiding just like uh, just like Bengals fans. So we're going to Bengals fans. Uh, they were hiding for a bit. And now they're actually rooting for the Chiefs. I've seen a lot of Bengals fans. There's a, there's a funny map out there. I mean, it's parody, obviously. Every state is purple for the Ravens, except for Kansas, Missouri, and Ohio, because obviously Ohio has two teams that are rivals with the Ravens, but I digress. Anyway, um, look, let me just say this about the Raiders, because what do we hear from the Raiders every single time? It's our year. We're finally going to be out of the laughing stock. We're finally going to do it. We're going to win. But then they don't win. They just don't. Um, the, the, the Raiders, I'm kind of at a point with the Raiders where... I will believe it when I see it. I still think this offense has a lot to work on. Uh, I mean, a lot to work on. I don't know what Antonio Antonio Pierce has planned for that. Um, because Aiden O'Connell is not your answer. He is not your answer whatsoever. Devontae Adams, there's a lot of rumors that he wants to go to, uh, to the Jets and reunite with Rodgers. By the way, I was thinking about this earlier today. Tyreek Hill was traded, well, well, first off, let's back up. Um, Devontae Adams was traded to the Raiders for um, for uh, for the store, essentially. And uh, the Raiders signed him to a big deal. That essentially had a domino effect on the Chiefs trading Tyreek Hill out of the division and trading him to the Miami Dolphins for an overhaul of draft picks. Um, the Packers won a playoff game this year. The Chiefs have yet to lose a playoff game since trading Tyreek Hill. And I'm not, I'm not here to do a Chiefs versus Tyreek Hill segment. My point is this, because the Raiders thought that um, thought that they were um, going to get something special with Devontae Adams and um, uh, and try to, like, you know, be, be good and all that, but end up being the complete opposite. So, uh, look, the, the Raiders, to me, at the end of the day, I'm at a point with the Raiders. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I'm not I'm not getting excited for uh, Antonio Pierce from a, from, from a football standpoint. I, I, I just don't know. Like, yeah, I, I think the defense was okay for the Raiders, but you're still the damn Raiders, man. I, I just don't know at the end of the day. Like, this team's gone 21 years without a playoff win and only two playoff appearances since then one of them was a good season uh but Derek Carr got hurt the backup got hurt they had like a third string quarterback going into the playoffs and then the other one was when they barely squeezed by beating the uh, Chargers on Sunday Night Football in overtime so uh, you know this is still a team that you know no one's really buying any of their hype they did last year when Devontae Adams joined and that was just a car crash. I mean, that never just worked out for the Raiders. So at this point, like, you know, you're kind of just waiting for the Raiders to prove us wrong because no one's putting money on the Raiders to win more, essentially be above 500. I just, you know, 
I'll see it when I believe it at this point. Divisional round roundup here from the NFL playoffs. Ravens 34, Texans 10. I kind of went over this game uh, already, but, but just to say this about the Texans, I think ultimately experience versus inexperience played a role in this game. And I think, you know, and I'll say the same exact thing about the Packers, too, because I thought they played a solid game, but Jordan Love just kind of struggled in the end there. I think teams like the Texans and the Packers, uh, the Texans have a rookie quarterback uh, in C.J. Stroud. The Packers, uh, not that Jordan Love is a rookie, but he essentially, this was his red shirt rookie season, if you will, because he did hardly played the first two years in the NFL. Um when he played against the Chiefs because Rodgers got COVID, that was like a last second thing um, where he just was not prepared uh, whatsoever. Um, and it was just kind of thrown out there um, four days before the game, four or five days before the game. So um, I think the Texans and Packers, they're going to be good football teams for years to come if they keep Jordan Love and CJ Stroud for a long time. And I think I don't think those two teams will ever let those guys go. I think they like what they have in those guys. Um, but as long as they continue to go at the path they're going yet, I think the Texans and Packers are going to be teams that we're going to see in the playoffs for a long time. Uh, as long as they have those two quarterbacks. Um, so 49ers Packers, interesting game from both quarterbacks in this one. I know the Brock Purdy hate is always very interesting to me. Um, I don't think Brock Purdy is phenomenal. I do think he's, you know, worthy of the MVP discussion right now because who else are you going to put in there? Yeah, Lamar Jackson's number one. Christian McCaffrey's number two. I think maybe there's a case you can make for Dak Prescott um, for the type of regular season he had. Remember, these are regular season awards, not postseason awards. Uh, Tyree Kill, I think, should also be in there as well, but it's usually just quarterbacks that get a lot of the shine for this award. Um, after that, who else do you put in there? I think Brock Purdy is, is is worthy of it. And maybe, listen, I know earlier in the year we were talking about how offenses are not playing as well as defenses this year. Brock Purdy just happened to be one of the few good quarterbacks this year that played better than the, the rest of the league at times. So um, that's just the type of season it ended up being. And by the way, look at your final four quarterbacks this season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, and Jared Goff. Uh, a lot of people probably thought Mahomes and Goff would be here. This whole Purdy thing, I think Purdy probably was expected to be back here as well. Um, but a lot of people just weren't, as the season went on, people changed their minds so much about Brock Purdy, uh, which is always interesting. Kind of feels like Lamar Jackson, who you know is the other quarterback in the AFC or, or conference championship games. Uh, because Lamar Jackson has always dealt with this criticism that he'll never be a good quarterback, and yet here he is still to this day playing good football, and this is his first ever AFC Championship game. So, uh, I, you know, I think those um, those guys will be here for years to come. And the, the 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 Brock Purdy thing is interesting, but the 49ers, you know, they outscored the Packers 17-7 to in the last one and a half quarters, outscoring the Packers 10-0 in the fourth quarter to hold on and to win and advanced the Lions and the Bucks. Baker Mayfield played well, but the two picks definitely hurt him ultimately. And this one, I got to say this: I w I didn't really pay too much attention to this because I was getting ready for the Chiefs and Bills game. But I noticed that the um, Lions they were doing the QB kneels, and I noticed the Bucks had a timeout on the screen. And I wasn't sure if that was a network. I think it was ESPN that maybe just left that there by mistake. So I just assumed that was a mistake by ESPN. But then after the game, I'm hearing all this talk about Todd Bowles not using that last time out to give his team one more chance. Why? <laughs> what, what, what were you doing? 
like, okay, maybe Baker throws another interception, but at least get, get, get a chance. You never know. You might get a couple of penalties in your favor in that situation. Like, come on. Um, I thought that was interesting that you don't use a timeout with the season on the line to at least get a couple plays off. I mean, I don't know, but you know, you would rather at least have that discussion than what if, or why didn't you use that last time out? That's, um, that is weird. That is, uh, that is weird indeed. So, all right, let's get into championship Sunday. Lions at the 49ers, the, the, the ones versus the threes this weekend. Lions 49ers. I like the Lions. I think the turnaround story is awesome. This is maybe the best season in Lions history. They obviously started off with a bang, beating the reigning champions. Not that we uh, want to remember that, but that's just the way things have worked out. And the, the Lions just have had their best year in franchise history. I think Jared Goff still has a lot to prove because he was part of this phenomenal Rams offense at one point that let him go. And then here he is now in Detroit trying to resurrect his career. And he has 100%, but he's got to win this game because, uh, you know, obviously he got the win against the Rams, but he still needs to go back to another Super Bowl, especially with how the Rams and the Patriots played in that Super Bowl, a very low scoring Super Bowl. A lot of people were hoping it would be Chiefs uh, Rams because that was the epic Monday night game where they both scored in the 50s. Uh, but instead, this ended up being the complete opposite where it was all defense in this one. So I, do, I don't know what kind of performance we'll see from Jared Goff against a very stout 49ers defense that's been consistent all year long. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, uh, who they're going to utilize. I think George Kittle playing better, more so in the second half as the season's gone on. Um, if um, if Ayuk's available, that would certainly be key as well. But um, boy, uh, this is a um, and and there's another receiver whose name I'm forgetting right now on that uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah, um, like that 49ers offense overall is pretty damn good, and I think it's going to be too much for the Lions defense to handle. I'm going to go 49ers in this one. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be 35-28. Ultimately, I think it'll be a one-score game. Um, and I think it'll be uh, the 49ers who uh, come away with the win in this one here. All right, Chiefs and Ravens. Let's get into it. Let me start with the injury report in this one here uh, because the Chiefs, they had a uh, really long list of guys on the injury report, whereas the um, the Ravens only had, what, six guys on the list, so uh, definitely worth going over here. The only guys for the Ravens who didn't practice were uh, wide receiver Tyler Wallace and guard Kevin Zeitler. Uh, not injury-related. He's just resting. Uh, so um, the other player, Wallace, has a knee injury that he is dealing with. Mark Andrews is on IR. They opened his 21-day window up last week, and he was a full participant today. I I said this last week. They are saving him for the AFC title game, and you're playing the high and mighty Kansas City Chiefs. So Mark Andrews, 
1000% will be playing in this one. Mark my words. I would be surprised if he doesn't. Uh, Marlon Humphrey was limited in practice. Uh, uh, one of their many good defensive players, Rock Yassin, another good cornerback for that uh, defense dealing with a knee injury. He was also limited. For the Chiefs, here are the players who did not practice. Derek Noddy, Sky Moore, who's still on IR, Trey Smith, Mike Edwards, and Isaiah Pacheco. Now, um, uh, on this list... Oh, and Joe Tooney didn't practice. Uh, Joe Tooney is not expected to play, unfortunately, this Sunday, which is a huge blow to Kansas City's defense. And that left side of Kansas City's offensive line does become vulnerable with Donovan Smith being inconsistent this year and uh, Allegretti likely to fill in for um, uh, for uh, Tooney in this one. So the left side on Kansas City's offensive line, that becomes a very interesting story to talk about. Uh, as we uh, go on with this breakdown here, Isaiah Pacheco is expected to play. He's listed with an ankle and a toe injury, but he is uh, he was very adamant today in his press conference that he will play on Sunday. He also talked about how people were talking about he runs like he bites people. And he goes, I'm not a zombie, which you know, I thought was a great one-liner there. Uh, Mike Edwards in the concussion protocol still. Uh, Trey Smith, he had an illness, so I'm not really too worried about that. So he should be ready to go. Sky Moore... I mean, he's not even on the 53-man roster yet, so that's not anything to lose sleep over. And then you have Derek Naughty, who, uh, dealing with a tricep injury, didn't play last week. And if he's not available, I think the Chiefs will uh, will gladly move on with Mike Pinnell for this game. The players who were limited, uh, Legereus Needs still going through that calf injury. Blaine Gabbert, interestingly enough, was, in, uh, was on the injury report with an oblique injury. And Willie Gay, who left uh, Sunday's game with a neck injury, he was questionable already going into that game. He was limited in practice uh, on Wednesday. So good news was that Willie Gay was able to practice in some form today for the Chiefs. The players who were on the injury report, but... Um, uh, were full participants. Prince Tego Wanagu uh, activated from the injury report, or uh, excuse me, the IR, and uh, they opened up his 21-day window. So two guys on the IR who um, are on the uh, injury report. McDuffie, uh, Wanya Morris uh, was a full participant, which was good news. He should be available for Sunday. Charles Ominahu with a wrist injury. Rashi Rice. Kadarius Tony was a full participant. We'll see if he's going to play this time. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, and Josh Williams. Uh, they were all full participants for the Chiefs. So a long list of uh, injuries there, but a majority of them were able to practice, which was good news. And uh, the guys who didn't practice, Pacheco is expected to play. Trey Smith is expected to play. Sky Moore is still on IR. So, you know, no one's really losing sleep about that one there. So in general, this Chiefs team should be uh, pretty, pretty good, pretty, pretty close to full strength. Come Sunday afternoon when they go to MNT Bank Stadium, so I'm um, I'm uh, I'm very uh, excited to see this Chiefs team come together on Sunday. All right, let's talk about the Ravens. Their head coach is John Harbaugh, whose brother we just talked about earlier. Uh, announcers for this one, I know you're all excited. Jim Nance and Tony Romo, baby. Uh, by the way, um, I gotta play this uh, real quickly because. Um, I saw this on Twitter and I shared it on Facebook as well. These are the Korean announcers. Um, this is them announcing the missed field goal. <laughs> you can obviously tell what exactly happened when they both went, oh, yeah. Um, that was the, when they saw the kick was going wide right. Um, Kelsey and um, Kelsey was talking about this on the podcast and. Um, I think um, I think Harrison Butker went uh, into this as well 
uh, talking about how the wind was very inconsistent. Harrison Bucker mentioned how the stadium for the Bills is a much lower stadium. It's not like Arrowhead where the third level is way up high. Um, and it was one of those weird situations where you had to adjust throughout the game with the wind. And even by the time you kicked the football, you just weren't sure what kind of uh, what kind of uh, kick you were going to be getting because the wind was just kind of on and off uh, by seconds. So um, uh, that, that's kind of uh, uh, something worth noting. But, you know, I mean, 44-yard field goal, you should still make that. Here's something I, I want to question real quickly. One last thing from the Bills game before we move on. Why is it that people shit on the kicker? For missing a field goal, one guy. You want to bash one guy. But when there's still a chance to tie or win the game, the defense does not come up with a stop with two timeouts. Why are we not? Why are we so focused on bashing just the kicker, but we don't want to talk about the 11 guys on defense that had a chance to uh, stop the Chiefs at home and, you know, get one more chance? You know, why, why is that never talked about? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, Jim Nance and Tony Romo announcing this game. For those of you thrilled about that, the referee for this game is Sean Smith, who did the Chiefs-Eagles Monday Night Football game. Prior to that, the most recent Chiefs game he had done was the Chiefs-Colts game where the Chiefs lost. And Chris Jones, yeah, he got penalized for talking to Matt Ryan that game. Yeah, that, that was the referee there, Sean Smith. But... Uh, there is a conspiracy theory out there that the Chiefs are heavily favored now because of Sean Smith. Uh, Warren Sharp, who does uh, football analytics, uh, he put out there that road teams are 17, 29, and 3 against the spread in the last three years whenever Sean Smith is refereeing a football game. Sean Smith this year alone has penalized um, home teams 924 yards and road teams 709 yards. Home teams have won 40.8% of the time the last three years under Sean Smith, uh, whenever he's refereeing a game. Okay, I need the stat for every, like, win percentage for home teams uh, for every referee. Because, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you're just throwing random shit out there as far as I'm concerned and hoping it sticks. You're already seeing people make excuses five days in advance for this game. Because this t tweet came out yesterday, Tuesday. Five days in advance, you're already seeing excuses for this game. I mean, listen, man, I, I don't like excuses. I mean, I'll, I'll say if I think a referee had a bad call or whatnot, but I'll never use that as a reason for uh, winning or losing a game. But come on, man. Like, now you got the preemptive excuses if the Chiefs win this one. Which, by the way, I love it. Bring it on. This the, My team, man, they were that team that everyone laughed at. And for them to turn around the 2012 season to the 2013 season as fast as they have, it's just, you know, um, they figured it out better than other teams real fast. The Raiders have been bad for 21 years. The Chiefs were the worst team in the NFL in 2012, and they still figured it out faster than the Raiders. Um, and listen, they, I mean, they could have had Andy Reid also. They could have fired their coach and had Andy Reid, but they didn't. They just didn't. So, um and Nick Wright, you know, talking about uh, the Chiefs under Mahomes, one of his banners this week was, um, what was it? It was, our, our worst year is still better than your best years, which is true. Like, Buffalo in 2021 and 2023 this season, they had their best year with Josh Allen. And they still got stopped in their track by the Chiefs. By the way, I know there's this weird, like, coincidental statistic out there that whoever beats Buffalo in the playoffs the following week, that team loses. 
So in 2021, in the 13 second game, the Chiefs lost to the Bengals. The Bengals last year beat the Bills, but the following week, the Bengals lose to the Chiefs. And now this year, the Chiefs, uh, there was another game too. I can't remember who that team was, but now the uh, expectation is that the Chiefs will lose because um, they, they beat the Bills. Uh, somehow the Bills have that magic wand to make you lose the following week, but can't beat you the previous week. Um, what a flex that is from Bills Mafia, baby. Uh, get out of here. Um, so it's either the, this Bills magical stat or this referee. Uh, one of those things will uh, will come true at the, at the end of the day. Okay, we spent enough time on that. Uh, I mentioned John Harbaugh. Worked under Andy Reid in Philly until uh, from 90, what, 9? to 2007 as a special teams coordinator and then one year as the secondary coach and has been the head coach of the Ravens since then. The offensive coordinator for the Ravens, Todd Munkin, uh, not a good head coach at Southern Miss in his three years there, but one recent back-to-back national championship titles with Georgia. So uh, obviously very successful there. Uh, Ravens sixth in total offense, 21st in passing, and we talked about this, how key that'll be. Uh, first in rushing, look at the Ravens the past few years with Lamar Jackson. Uh, before Lamar Jackson, they were 11th in rushing uh, in 2017. 2018, they were second. 2019, they were first uh, by a wide margin. 2020, they were first. 2021, they were third. 2022, they were t- second. And now they're back to being the best rushing offense in the NFL. They're fourth in points per game, scoring just a little over 28 points per game turnover differential they're tied with the Giants surprise to me the Giants the best in the NFL plus 12 turnover differential there Lamar Jackson uh throwing more than 3600 yards 15 touchdown passes or excuse me 24 touchdown passes uh that is tied for the 11th most with Stafford and he also has seven picks on the year so done a very good job taking care of the football he's been sacked 37 times though and I mentioned earlier that is the ninth most in the NFL for a guy that's had the 17th most pass attempts. So that is a very key stat there. 821 rushing yards, the most by a quarterback, five touchdowns, longest run went for 30 yards. He was 16 of 22 passing for 152 yards and a pair of touchdown passes, but was sacked three times. Uh, against the Texans, and all three of those sacks came in the second quarter. Um, and again, if you get a chance, go watch the uh, highlights against the Texans and pay attention to that second quarter and how the Texans' defense closed in on Lamar Jackson. The Chiefs need to do the same thing. Surround him in the pocket. Don't let him escape whenever he wants to and take him out right there because Lamar's not going to throw it in that situation. He's going to try to get out of it first, and when he realizes he's trapped... That's when the Chiefs need to close in and end the play right there, especially after a zero-sack game on Josh Allen. Uh, Like I mentioned, taking very good care of the football, only nine total giveaways when you add in the two fumbles uh, this year. No multi-game, no multi-INT games this year. 573 yards, uh, seven touchdown passes, 80 rushing yards, Seven touchdown passes and three times sacked combined in the two games against the Dolphins and the 49ers. Um, The two games that a lot of people thought the Ravens might see again in the AFC title game in the Super Bowl. They might see the 49ers in the Super Bowl, obviously not the Dolphins in the AFC title game. So Lamar Jackson, his uh, performances against the uh, Dolphins and 49ers, I think really elevated him and created a huge gap between one and two. Whoever you think two is, which I think is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, for the MVP award, Gus Edwards, 810 yards, 
on the season, rushing 13 touchdowns. That is tied for fifth most in the league. No 100-yard rushing games, though, for Gus Edwards. He did run 10 times for 40 yards. Justice Hill uh, ran for 387 yards. Stepping up uh, with uh, rookie Keaton Mitchell on IR, he ran for 66 yards against the Texans. That is the most he's had in a game this year. They added Dalvin Cook recently. You're already number one in the NFL, but Dalvin Cook not really having he's got a, he's had a weird year. Let go by the Vikings, surprisingly, joins the Jets, and people thought that he could be a big part of that Jets team with Aaron Rodgers. But Rodgers goes down with the injury, so you know they try to use him uh, while they can, but still no uh, no good effect there. Three point two yards per carry this season, no touchdowns as a member of the New York Jets. Uh, fullback Patrick Ricard, very good fullback, kind of reminds you of the uh, Tony Richardson, uh, Michael Burton, uh, Mike Cox when he was here for a little bit in Kansas City, that type of fullback. Uh, Rolando McLean, who was also a, a former Raven, played for the Chiefs a little bit. Uh, Ricard is a second team all pro player, so a very good year for him. Mark Andrews and the 10 games that he played, he had 45 catches for 544 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, did have one fumble. Was on pace for double-digit touchdowns, which he's only done once. And that was in 2019, which is the 10-touchdown season he had. So he could have easily had a single-season best for touchdown grabs, uh, but not the case. He entered week one of this year with a quad injury, uh, was inactive in that game. Uh, but in week 11... He suffered the ankle injury against the Bengals. That was the game where Joe Burrow also got hurt on that touchdown pass with the worst injury that uh, sidelined him for the rest of the year. So uh, Joe Burrow was done for the year at the time. Mark Andrews was placed on IR, but does have a chance to come back. And I think he will play in this game against the Chiefs. But his backup, Isaiah Likely, he stepped up um, this season. Uh 30 catches for 411 yards. He only had 89 yards prior to Andrew's injury. So ever since Andrew's got hurt, they've been using likely a lot this year. And I mentioned earlier, he did have the touchdown in the fourth quarter to help put the game away against the Texans. Uh, had just two for 34 yards, but one of them was in the end zone. So uh, did help ice the game. Uh, rookie Zay Flowers having a very good season. I know a lot of people wanted him to come to Kansas City, but I don't think the Chiefs are uh, sweating about it too much with uh, the way Rushy Rice has been playing. Uh, but Zay Flowers, very good rookie season for him. 77 catches for 858 yards, five touchdowns. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Andrews, despite not playing uh, the last seven games, he still finished with... Um, with six touchdowns, that is the most on the team. And that kind of goes to show where if you take away the running game for the Ravens, man, they're, they're, they're going to be under a lot of pressure to try to uh, have their best passing game of the season. And that's going to be hard to do. That's a tall order against Kansas City's defense. Um, I mentioned Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. I said earlier, not the OBJ we, uh, we know and love, but has had flashes this year, 35 catches, 565 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar, uh, they are uh, part of the um, the depth that have, uh, they get a lot of uh, activity as well for Lamar Jackson coming through for him. Uh, Bateman had three catches for 39 yards last week. Nelson Aguilar had a touchdown catch against the Texans in that playoff game in the divisional round. So um, guys who definitely, uh, you got to keep an eye on because even their best wide receiver, which is Zay Flowers, um, doesn't have the most monstrous numbers either, but can be better as uh, his time goes on. Probably would have much more numbers to enjoy if um, if he had a more uh, passing type of quarterback. Uh, but that's just not the uh, situation he's in right now. 
Uh, you look at the offensive line. I mentioned already uh, John Simpson. He's allowed 29 pressures this year, four sacks, three pressures allowed last week. Kevin Zeitler, who um, getting a rest today um, for from uh, the Ravens in practice. He had two pressures allowed. Ronnie Staley, the left tackle, he's allowed 39 pressures on the year the most by a Ravens offensive lineman. So again, Lamar Jackson, 17 pass attempts, or the 17th most pass attempts, but ninth in uh, the amount of times he's been sacked. That's key to me. So those pressures allowed numbers I, I read to you, uh, not terrible, but when you consider that the Ravens don't pass the ball often, that uh, the, those are uh, not good um, averages when you do the math there. So uh, definitely want to take advantage of that if you're the Chiefs defense. Whenever they pass, um, they're going to go run heavy. And if you can stop the run, which I, I kind of have my concerns about with the Chiefs in this one, I think they'll have their moments, uh, good and bad. But if you can force second and long, third and long situations, that is going to bode well for Kansas City's defense in this game. Great run blocking offensive line, but that pass, uh, the pass blocking for the Ravens, that's where that, where uh, they could uh, get into a lot of trouble. The Texans exposed it in that second quarter, so I think um, I think the Chiefs can uh, can definitely um, expose that in this game. Uh, this Sunday. All right, let's go to the Ravens defense. Uh, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, who also had a successful, brief, uh, but still a successful uh, little time in college football, returned to Baltimore after a year in Michigan. So uh, Mike McDonald uh, was a defensive coordinator for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, and now uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, again, working for John Harbaugh. So very familiar with the Harbaugh family, to say the least. Very young uh, defensive coordinator as well, 36 years old, too. So uh, doing very well at that total defense. And I'm going to compare this defense to the Chiefs defense. Sixth in total defense. The Chiefs uh, second. The Ravens sixth against the pass. The Chiefs are fourth in that category. 14th against the run. Casey is 18th. And I mentioned Buffalo was 15th. So very, a lot of similarities there. Points per game allowed. Ravens number one. Chiefs number two. When it comes to sacks, the Ravens, number one, Chiefs, number two. And by the way, the Chiefs did face the third and fourth best teams already in this postseason when it comes to sacks. So I know uh, Miami, yeah, they were banged up, but Buffalo still had a lot of their key guys on that defensive line right there. It's a very good defensive line. Um, and the Chiefs uh, have yet to allow a sack this postseason. But I do think that changes in this one. I think and the Chiefs obviously didn't have a sack last game. That will change for sure. Both teams will get a sack in um, in this game. So definitely uh, something to uh, keep an eye on uh, in this one here. Uh, the linebackers, everyone knows about these uh, these two guys. Uh, if you pay attention outside around the NFL, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, both in the top 20 and tackles on the same team. You hardly ever see that on defense. Even some of the best defenses don't have that. Uh, Roquan Smith, 158 tackles, six most in the NFL. Uh, one and a half sacks, five tackles for a loss. Uh, a pick and a force fumble. Patrick Green also has a pick and a force fumble. Nine tackles for a loss. Three and a half sacks. And has the 17th most tackles this year with 133. Uh, Justin Matubike. I hope I said that right. Uh, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Very similar to when Chris Jones was playing in the 3-4 defense. Um, Matubike has 13 sacks. The most by an interior defensive lineman this season. Jadavian Clowney, who's had like an up and down career in the NFL. 
Uh, he's got nine sacks. Uh, one of the best he's had in his career. Had a good 2021 season. Had a good 2017 season. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of turned into uh, a journeyman in the NFL. I still remember him coming out. I think it was South Carolina where he went. I still remember. I think it was Michigan who they were playing. And he had that big hit uh, to give South Carolina one last chance. And I, I think I saw someone, like, go into um, – Jadavian Clowney's Wikipedia and say that the state of Michigan has now been eviscerated thanks to Jadavian Clowney. Uh, that hit, I mean, that was the hit uh, heard around the world. Everyone remembered that, but we haven't seen that same Jadavian Clowney in the NFL. He's he's kind of bounced around a lot during his time, but uh, good to see him having a very good season with this Baltimore defense, which again, stack defense. Uh, a lot of guys across the board having a great year for the, the, the Baltimore defense. Defensive lineman Michael Pierce and Travis Jones combining for two and a half sacks, so not big numbers there, but very good against the run, and that's where the Chiefs will have their challenge if they want to try to try to run it up the middle with Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards Elayer. Kyle Van Noy, uh, who's been around a very long time, former Patriot, nine sacks on the year for him. Odafe Owahe have five sacks for him. You look at the secondary, they've also got some good guys there. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, who was an all-pro and a pro bowler, four picks, 10 ta uh, tackles for a loss. Very aggressive safety. Kind of reminds you how the Chiefs do some of their... Um, Use some of their uh, defensive backs. 13 pass deflections. Who was a first-round pick last year. Kind of was an underwhelming rookie. But definitely made a big step up this year. Geno Stone, a guy who 100% should have been an all-pro uh, and a pro bowler, but was one of the big snubs this year. Uh, he has seven picks on the year, the most by any safety this season for 101 yards, surprisingly no touchdowns on the year for him. But like I said, leads all safeties with picks this season with seven um, he only had one interception in the first three years of his NFL career, and he has seven this year. So a very good year for Geno Stone, for sure. Uh, a lot of good cornerbacks uh, I'll be talking about here in a moment here. Brandon Stevens has two picks and 11 pass deflections. Ronald Darby uh, having one of the better seasons he's had. He's kind of bounced around in the NFL, playing for his fifth team now, won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles against the uh, New England Patriots. That, of course, was when uh, Nick Foles led the charge for the Eagles, filling in for Carson Wentz. Marlon Humphrey, uh, I mentioned uh, we'll see if he plays, uh, but another good cornerback for the Ravens defense. Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in the NFL for a very long time. He's 32 of 37 kicking. He has made every field goal from 50 yards below except for one. But when it comes to 51 yards and out, he's missed every field goal in the regular season. But uh, in the uh, playoff game last week against the Texans, he did make a 53-yard field goal. So if you want to include the regular season and the postseason together, that is the longest field goal he's made this season. Um, and by the way, he's had 147 points. That is the most uh, he has had in a single season. So a, still a good year overall for Justin T Tucker, just not from long range as he uh, as he usually is. Jordan Stout, 14th in punting, 33rd in net average, uh, only six blocks this year in the NFL. Uh, Jordan Stout does have uh, one of his punts that were blocked that actually went back for a safety against the Steelers. That was in uh, early October, like week four or five earlier in the season. And wide receiver De uh, Devin Duvernay uh, handles a lot of the return duties, but hasn't really had a, a big play for the Ravens this season. All right. Here we are. Um We've talked about this defense. I'll be honest. I've kind of gone. Um, I've had a couple of different score predictions. Uh, at first, I thought it would maybe be low scoring, maybe a little higher 2017. But I just don't know at the end of the day. I think both offenses will find some flashes in this one. 
I definitely think the Chiefs will try to continue to do what they try to build off last week with the um, with the passing game, especially with MVS getting involved. We'll see if Kadarius Tony plays. I know his drops are still a concern. His hands are still a concern. But if he plays, um, it definitely uh, it definitely will bode well for the for the Chiefs. Um, if he makes that catch, that's that's the important part. Make the make the damn catch. Um, but ultimately, I think in general. Um, the Chiefs last week, and a lot of people have been saying this as well. I said this Sunday after the game, the Chiefs looked like the old Chiefs that we know and love. Um, and a lot of people who have been doubting this football team, they were nowhere to be found after the game uh, with the way the um, the offense showed up and the way they uh, won that football game in the end there. Isaiah Pacheco taking over, getting a first down after that missed field goal to put the game away because it's not like the, the Tyler Bass field goal, you know, it's, it's not like the game was over then. Bill still had a chance. And uh, Isaiah Pacheco uh, getting that first down there in the end and uh, putting the game away. Um, and they definitely want to run with him more, uh, for sure. Uh, what was it again he had against the uh, Bills? 15 carries for 97 yards. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. When you look at Isaiah Pacheco, because I think he will once again be the X factor for Kansas City's offense in this game. When you look at how he's played um, against the Packers, had 110 yards on the ground, but he leaves that uh, or suffers that injury um, and uh, misses a few games with the shoulder surgery, comes back against the Raiders. Not a good game against the Raiders, but did get into the end zone. One of the very few highlights on that uh, in that game from the offense, but comes back strong against the Bengals, runs for 130 yards. And that one also has 35 yards receiving, uh, had that touchdown catch from Patrick Mahomes. And the Dolphins game ran for 89 yards and a touchdown. And the Buffalo game ran for 97 yards. Clyde edwards Lair ran for more than 30 yards. So I, I'd like to see the Chiefs utilize... Both Pacheco and CEH more because even though this this Ravens defense, they've got a lot of hard hitters, they're not very good against the run. And that is where you can do a lot of damage. And listen, um, I was talking about this um, with, with a football coach where, you know, even though, you know, their pass defense is good. If you do throw the ball to a wide open player, it essentially turns into a rushing play. It's, it's statistically a pass. Don't get me wrong. But if you find, let, like, let's say uh, Kadarius Tony, if he plays and catches the ball in wide open space. Okay, he has the catch there. But essentially, at that point, the rest of it just feels like a rushing play if he gets it in wide open space, uh, which was the point that was being made to me. And I didn't really think of it that way. And if you utilize that kind of opportunity against Baltimore's defense, which, again, is 14th against the run, but very good in everything else, this is where Kansas City could do some damage to uh, to their defense. Yeah, again, they've got some hard hitters. Uh, the, the linebackers, Smith and Queen, Hamilton, Stone, uh, Van Noy, who, again, who's been around a long time. They've got some good players they got to watch out for. Uh, Darby, Stevens, Humphrey, uh, if he plays. So I think if you're the Chiefs offense, don't overcomplicate things. And for crying out loud, if you have the ball inside the five, just run it with your running backs. Don't give it to anybody else. Just don't. Uh, that goes without saying. So hopefully the Chiefs can be better about the play calling. I had a feeling the Chiefs were going to try to be a little more aggressive, try to be more, um, try to try to uh, get some tricks out of the bag. And I think they got too cute in this one here. Listen, trick plays are, are weird. If they work, awesome. You're, you're praising the coaches. You're praising everybody. 
If they fail, um, you're criticizing the coach, number one. So that's how uh, trick plays work here. Uh, I want to know your guys' score predictions real quickly before I get out of here because I want to read a few of them because I know a lot of you guys, um, a lot of you guys feel strong about this Chiefs team, and, and I do as well. I think they've definitely come up now and they flipped that switch. A lot of people have been talking for a few weeks. The Chiefs need to flip the switch. Well, they have, and they've been doing it for a few weeks now. So I think this Chiefs team is going to come to play. I am going to go. I, like I said, I've kind of got all over, all over the place with the score, but I've come down to, to a decision here. My final score for this one, Chiefs win on the road again, 24-20. Uh, let me see what you guys say. Michael said 34-17. Dalton said 30-21. Uh, Josh says 27-20. Rocky says 31-28. Brent's going 27-21. Uh, let's see. Read a couple more here. Chris says 27-20. Okay, a lot of you guys um, think it's going to be in the 20s. Uh, oh, I read that one already. Uh, Daniel says it's going to come down to Butker versus uh, Tucker. Okay, interesting. 31-28. Uh, Brianna or Brona. Hope I uh, said that right the second time. 28 to 21, uh, 33, 27 from Robert. Okay. All right. So you guys think it's going to be close in general. I saw a couple of people that thought it was going to be a little one-sided or really just one person, but yeah, I think it's going to come down to the wire. So I'm going 24, 20 in this one here. Um, that chief's defense, it's going to be key in that second half. They have not allowed more than seven points in the second half of any game. So I'm very excited to see how this Chiefs team stands up to Baltimore's very highly powered rush offense. 24-20. That's my score. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzi Vasugian. Thank you again to all of you for downloading and listening to this episode of the podcast, whether you watched live on Facebook and YouTube or if you guys uh, tuned into the archive version. Hey, uh, one last time before I leave, for those of you that maybe came in late during the live stream, we're going to start putting out uh, video, lots of video content. Um, the YouTube page is going to be very important. So if you guys can uh, subscribe to the link, I just commented with it, youtube.com slash at the chief zone. Please subscribe to it because we're going to start putting a lot of video content on there. I'm also going to start putting uh, a lot of uh, video content on the Chief Zones TikTok page. Um, and let me just make sure for those who care. Yes, it is TikTok.com slash at the Chief Zone. So um, we're going to start putting a lot of video content on TikTok and on YouTube. So I would greatly appreciate it if you guys are subscribed and following to the Chief Zones account on both um, on both TikTok and YouTube, and also follow my TikTok because I'll put be putting the, those videos on there as well. All right, guys. Once again, I'm Farzi Vasugi, and thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast. I will talk to you during the Red Friday live chat. It'll be a little earlier this week, so it'll be around four or five o'clock. So uh, just make sure you're following and have the uh, notification button turned on. Sunday morning at nine a.m., I'll be doing the pregame live chat. And then, of course, we'll, we'll be doing the halftime live stream. And after the game, we'll be doing the Chiefs Zone podcast. And we will have a lot of questions answered while the NFC title game is going on. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. I'm out. Enjoy your week.